Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, back in the studio again. Back in the studio again. It's like being back in the sun. As long as that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's an original, maybe. Yeah, it's original. It's original. I just uh, just came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Pierce, anything lately, Taylor? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> It it's with a not, staple, staple it's not PG gun. enough for Bruce Stone. Because <laughs> we're so PG in this show. John, yeah, John sent me a picture of the staple through his thumb, and uh, and uh, my response was, "Well, at least it wasn't you weren't stapling with your dick." Yes. Yeah. yeah. That yeah this is my my first piercing in my life. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now you can say that you've gotten a piercing before. Yeah. So right. I put some right up there with you, Porno. Yeah. Hey, you should you should put like an earring, a little loop earring through your thumb. <laughs> I mean, had the chance, yeah. But it might have caught on things, you know. Yeah, you could have like hung your beer from it or something. That's true. Hey, no, now now you tell me. God, yeah. See, you should you should just have your thumb removed and replaced with like a titanium bottle opener. Yes. <laughs> or cup mm-hmm. or something. Yes. I mean, what are you using your thumb for, anyways? A staple holder? <laughs> Bottle opener? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so what are you been up to? Work, 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 work. Um, brewing, brewing something interesting over there? Yeah, we're we're making a, uh, a new beer right now called Death Mud. <laughs> I don't think that name's been taken. Are you before. serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, uh, Death Mud. Um, it is a uh, like a twelve percent bourbon barrel aged, um, rich, viscous. Ah, it's like the uh, the Louisiana Louisiana mud drinks that you get in a jug you oh, ever see yeah. those things yeah. and uh with chocolate and vanilla and coconut sounds right up my alley man <laughs> i knew it would be yeah death mud coming to coming to uh an outlet near you soon we'll probably have it ready in a, another week or so interesting Death mud, and then uh, I'm thinking we'll make uh, death mud extra sludgy, huh? More chocolate or more sludge? More sludge. All right. Oh yeah. Add, add more sludge. Uh huh. Important. Well, it's pretty sludgy to start with. I mean, it is death mud. So uh, 
Yeah. That's what we've been working on. That, the distillery, the restaurant. Oh, is, is the restaurant open yet or no? Yeah, we, uh, we're serving uh, really delicious burgers. Oh, awesome. Uh, strips, wings, fries, um, uh, deep-fried Brussels sprouts. Mm. Oh, I always love those. Bacon and butter and garlic yeah. and Parmesan. And, mm. Yes. And we're, we're expanding our menu. We're, we start off with just a limited menu to make sure we could make things really well. Right. And as we have perfected each item, we're moving on to the next. So, uh mm. Yeah, having a lot of fun with that. Now, are your so. daughters the cooks and serving people? or No, no. Both of them have other jobs. Oh. They're no longer uh, there. No longer under the thumb, huh? Right. Um, one works uh, as an EMT, and the other works in um, uh, slapping around the insurance companies on uh, denying healthcare claims from people. Nice. Rad. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a nice job. Yeah. <laughs> cuz um yeah, cuz uh, you know, people reject certain things like uh I think uh you know, and when that happens, uh you when you go in California, you go to like, hey, they shouldn't be rejecting this. These are the people that look at those things and go, yeah, insurance company, uh, and then... They speak fluent legalese. Well, and they're, they're fully funded by fines against the insurance companies. <laughs> so it doesn't even cost wow. the, the public any money. The insurance companies have to pay for all the terrible things they do. And then uh, that helps fund the, the whole group. I like it. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty pretty good way of making that happen. Yeah. Otherwise, I tell you, some of these insurance companies, they get away with murder. Probably literally. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Speaking of getting away with murder. <laughs> We're our good friend, John Blickman. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best segue we've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if John Blickman's murdered anybody. <laughs> you think he's got some, some known skeletons know, in his closet? Yeah. Oh, he literally. Yeah. Literally. Uh, I mean, with all that machinery doing? he's got, yeah, oh, you yeah. can you can dispose of something. And he's a pretty he's, quick. he's a clever guy. Mm-hmm. He'd make sure he wasn't caught. Mm-hmm. If 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 you ever needed somebody murdered, Blickman's your guy. <laughs> he'd he'd make sure to uh, you know dispose of the body. No one, no one know. Cover all his tracks. He'd probably have it done remotely. He'd have like build some piece of equipment. You know, probably like some brew stand that he's sending some, to, to to Taylor, some, someone I mean, in to, a, to Porno in Steve. a fermenter, and, <laughs> and then and then Porno Steve will be brewing away, and the Blickman will like hit a switch at his end, and boom, por- no more Porno right Steve. In. There it is, yeah. and it'll probably like wow. dissolve the body. Yeah, your roommates would drink it, going, "I wonder where where Steve's at." And then uh, there you go, yeah. that's it. That'd be it, and no one would ever know. That's how clever John Blickman is. And he's also so clever that he's sponsored this show to keep this show going for uh, oh so many years now. And uh, I think the very least he deserves is a thank you from all you listeners. You can email him. You can take two minutes out of your day to send him a quick thank you for sponsoring the show email to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. I know he appreciates getting those emails. It makes him feel good that... um, his sponsorship actually has a, a benefit to people. Uh, he loves the homebrew community, so uh, you should send him a little love right back. 
uh, picture of you, John, whatever. Uh, you know, show him how excited you are uh, that he's going to get his you. name tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs> Send him that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Show him how much I appreciate him. Right. Somebody yeah. get John Blickman's face tattooed on you, like your butt cheek or something. Yeah, you'd love that. That would be somehow. I don't. Special. I don't think those requests for equipment pictures was quite what he meant. But oh well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well. I, I totally misunderstood. I thought uh, you know. My bad. My bad. Um. All right. Uh, today. We are going to do live Q&A, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, starters. People endlessly oh, have good, questions good about question. starters. So uh, we've pulled up, uh, I think, seven good questions about starters, and we will uh, keep answering your questions about starters until people have no more questions about starters. That's what's going to happen. If you have questions about starters or anything else, send it to... Bruce Strong at the Network.com. And uh, we'll get those questions. We won't answer them via email, but we will uh, put them in the queue to answer during these uh, Q&A shows. So uh, Bruce Strong at the Network.com. All right. Um, why don't we try and uh, knock out one question here real quick. All right. This one's about what is it? what exactly is quote-unquote, proper pitching rate. Hmm. As I understand it, the common wisdom is to use 0.75 million viable yeast cells per milliliter per degree Plato, based on work by George Fix in Principles of Brewing Science, which I have not yet read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have the understanding that yeast metabolism in the presence of sufficient sugars and oxygen will preferentially absorb the oxygen, oxygen and reproduce and will shift towards fermentation only after the oxygen is depleted. Mm-hmm. I expect this process is described in Dog Meat and Homeboy's yeast book, which I also <laughs> haven't read yet. Now, assuming that I make a starter to grow the proper amount of yeast cells for my wort, is that proper amount based on a balanced biochemical reaction to allow all of those yeast cells to have just enough sugar to efficiently complete their metabolic cycle? Or does the proper pitching rate assume that there must also be an additional growth phase for the yeast within the wort before it can move on to fermenting that wort? In the first case, why would you need to worry about aerating, oxygenating the wort at all? Mm-hmm. Excellent question. Actually, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense and uh, clearly is understanding the uh, the processes and everything going in there. Um, who was that from? Uh, Charles Simchik. Huh. He only recently discovered the Brewing Network and has been catching up from the start of Brewstrong. Interesting. Interesting. Um, well, Charles, uh, I think you, you, you posed an excellent uh, question here. Yes, you, uh, it, towards the end there, he's asking, do you want some growth in the beer before um, fermentation begins, yes. So you don't want to put in so much yeast that you get zero growth. Not having any growth affects the flavor profile of the fermented beer in a, a, a variety of ways. It can cause um, a lot of the fermentation compounds, some of the, the pathways in uh, fermentation to be 
uh, avoided, and you can end up with things like, you know, more banana flavor or, um, you know, a variety of things or, you know, a green, the green apple character. And somebody was, was on me about saying green apple character. Um, they wanted me to point out that by green apple, we don't mean apples that are green when they're ripe. We mean an unripe apple. Yeah. So an unripe apple green in that it has not fully ripened. That's what we mean by the green apple character, not Granny Smith or whatever, whatever green apples are. Um, so, <clears throat> yes, you want some growth in the, the, the beer before fermentation starts. It's an important part of the process of developing certain flavors. More growth, less growth, how rapid that happens, the nutrient levels provided, all this affects the flavor. The proper pitching rate refers to getting the right flavor, right? So proper pitching rate is always what was correct for that beer, for that brewery, for that strain of yeast. And it's going to vary depending on what it is exactly that you're trying to achieve. So sometimes you're going to pitch less yeast because that's the proper pitch for, say, some of these English strains when you're trying to make a uh, ordinary bitter or a mild or something like that. Sometimes you're going to, um, you know, pitch more yeast because you're trying to make a lager that's uh, cleaner and... Um, and you have all these varieties. One of the things that uh, at Fuller's is they make their uh, Chiswick Bitter, they make the uh, London Pride, and they make the uh, ESB, and three different strengths of beer, and they pitch the same amount of yeast in each one. So the Bitter has a higher pitching rate, the, the Pride a little less, and then the ESB even less. Uh, if you're if you're talking about you know 0.75 per mil per plato, um, it's less and less and less, and that affects the flavor, the fermentation profile. You get some of those alcohol uh, notes and uh, estery notes in the ESB that you don't get in some of the others because of that, and so um, uh, that's yeah, one of the lower pitching rates tend to generate more esters. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the uh, the effects of it. It's a little bit more, um, uh, you know, character it's a complicated versus complicated subject. But it is main rate. But for Fuller's, the proper pitching rate is actually lower on the ESB than it is on the Pride on the the bitter. Um, Generally, what pitching rate refers to is it would you have the same rate, but that means you would put more yeast in a beer the higher the gravity was. So that tends to be a common way of doing things in in the modern brewing scene, but that may not be the proper pitching rate. So the only way to really know the proper pitching rate is to, you know. Start with a given rate, and 0.75 is is a really good rate for most ales and most yeasts. Um, 
and start with that rate, see how that turns out. You might you know, split a wort uh, and pitch 0.75 in one, pitch, you know, uh, 0.5 in another, and maybe, you know, one in, in another. Try the three and see which one you like best. Well, if you prefer the results from 0.5 versus 0.75, well, then 0.5 is probably closer to your uh, proper pitching rate for that style of beer, that wort, and that yeast. So that's kind of how you determine the, the proper pitching rate. Proper pitching rate just means that's exactly the amount of yeast you want for that beer. Is that a long way to answer this question? But I think you covered it. Yeah. Okay. There's, I mean, the other aspect he asked was, uh, you know, aeration. He wasn't really sure how necessary that was. And I think a good way to answer that is that um, historically we aerate uh, with these pitching rates we just talked about. And that produces beers with the flavors we expect. Mm -hmm. So you need aeration at the beginning of fermentation of the wort um, what it does biochemically is it allows the yeast to um, generate uh, synthesize different amino acids and lipids that they need for their growth um, you know and then depending on that what that pitching rate is a certain amount of yeast growth will occur and uh, in the before as the fermentation takes off, and that's going to influence the flavor profile of the beer. So proper pitching rate is a way of saying that you're going to pitch enough yeast with enough aeration and enough growth to get the beer flavor that we're looking for. There you go. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new New Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star treatment today. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Answering your questions about 
Feast Starters. All right. Uh, one thing, if you are uh, looking for yeast starter gear, you know, uh, stir plates or, or uh, you know, whatchamacallum, uh, Erlenmeyer flasks, all that stuff, the good people at Great Fermentation are going to have that stuff for you. They're going to have just about everything you need. In fact, Great Fermentations has the largest selection of Blickman gear anywhere on the World Wide Web and some of the best trained people to help you use that gear properly. They know all about the Blickman products. I mean, they're not that far from, from Blickman. This is Blickman's uh, homebrew shop right here is Great Fermentations. They've got two wonderful locations and a great web presence, top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on most items, and you can check them out at greatfermentations.com. You can even like them on Facebook, GR8 Fermentation. And same thing on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, good folks. Uh, check them out for all your yeast starter needs. All right. Next question, Pornographic Stephen. All right. This one is a question regarding yeast starters. Had a question about my starters and yeast cultivating. If the Mr. Malty app, yep, spent $5 says I need a 1.5 liter starter from one vial of WLP001. Can I make a 2 liter starter on my stir plate for 48 hours, then take 500 milliliters and put it in a sanitized mason jar and pitch the remaining 1.5 liters? This would get rid of yeast washing and guarantee that I have nice clean yeast in my jar, but would it have a negative effect on my pitching rate? Could I then use the yeast in the jar to build another starter so the process could continue without me worrying about washing yeast from a high-gravity beer, ETC? Yeah, um, you can certainly do that. It it will have a slight effect on the amount of yeast produced, but, you know, using those numbers, it it really shouldn't be a problem. Um, You just want to make sure that the starter is really well mixed, so when you take off the 500 mils, you're not taking off a real low part of the population, a real high, part, dense part of the population. And especially, um, you know, the yeast that's produced a little later on versus the yeast that's produced a little earlier, um, the ones that flock earlier and the ones that don't flock as early. You want to make sure you're selecting across the broad spectrum of that starter and not just, you know, at the end decanting off the, the top liquid or something like that. And if you do that, you should be fine. It's a it's a good way to go. A lot of people um, uh, have been doing this in the past, or they'll save a little bit from you know one vial, and and they'll they'll uh, profit profit later on. So uh, yeah, I don't see any real uh, issues to that as long as you're you're storing it properly and uh, uh, taking care when you're selecting the the yeast. You got anything to add to that, John? Nope, that sounds good. All right. Next question. Another yeast starter question. Hey guys, I've been listening. They're all yeast starter questions. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? My whole life has been turned upside down. Uh, This one's from Nathan. Hey guys, I've been listening to your shows in the podcast version for some time now. I've recently made a starter from a vial of WLP001 using your 1 to 10 ratio and some yeast nutrient. Put it on a stir plate at room temperature and let it do its thing. Before pitching, I decided to taste the decanted liquid, and it tasted tart, kind of like a sour beer. Is this normal? This is my first starter, and I am not sure what to expect. I've been homebrewing for a few years, and feel I have good form when it comes to sanitation. Hmm. What would you say, John? Uh, um, tart. You know, it's 
how sour is it? Um, right. Is a question. Well, and because, uh, you know, when you're doing things like starters, a lot of times you get more acetaldehyde. Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of character, um, you know, sometimes people will, will say it's tart or, um, you know, sometimes people say it's astringent. They, they put all sorts of different, uh, you know, names to it. Um, yeah, it generally does not taste very good. Um, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't taste like beer. Yeah. It tastes tastes like yeast and wort, very right. umami kind of thing. And you do tend to get a lot of the the green apple. I mean, it depends on the yeast yeah. strain and and what. Yeah, all the acetaldehyde and diacetyl and so on. Yeah. Right. You can get you can get quite a bit of stuff. So, I'd say if it was truly sour, um, you might have uh, ended up with some uh, bacteria in there. Um, one of the things why we tend not to try and uh, stretch the uh, starter growth. Too much is because uh, you want to pitch enough into your starter that it rapidly outcompetes any bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, hard to say without tasting it myself or you know seeing it. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully his beer won't be sour, but uh, that right. could happen. It could. Uh, yeah, you want to be careful. Um, you know, with proper technique, there's really very little danger of contaminating a starter. You know, if you don't clean your equipment well, if you don't sanitize it, and usually with, with starters, I mean, you can boil right in the Erlenmeyer flask. You can get a borosilicate uh, flask, and you, as long as it's got liquid in it, you can, uh, you know, yeah. put it on the stove and just boil it right there. And, um, you know, put a loose piece of foil over the top and the steam coming off of it will uh, sanitize air, the entire vessel and the and the, the piece you have on top. Um, and then you can just set that aside to, to cool down. And, um, you know, uh, then you just need to uh, sanitize whatever package there of yeast you're, you're going to use as your starter. Um, I, I always used uh, isopropyl alcohol, seventy percent, and uh, I'd put a, a turn the the sprayer till you get a real fine mist. Mist your hands, mist the package, mist the air around your where your starter is, and if you spray it up into the air around there, a little fine cloud, it takes out pieces of dust and things like that are carrying bacteria and wild yeast, and um, then you just. Uh, you know, shake up your package, open it up, quickly lift the, the the foil, pour it in, put the foil back down. That's it. Um, it's gonna be clean. That's that's all it takes. Um, you there's should be no way that you have uh, contamination if that's that's how you go. Um, yeah. Contamination could have come from not sanitizing the jar. Right. Well, between be, between starters, or maybe a spoon or a hydrometer, some piece of equipment that you didn't clean well enough, right. you know, between starters. Well, and uh, you know, the the thing is to um, you know, you can mix up your wort if you use DME and cold water. 
the mix is really easy. Um, and then you can take your hydrometer sample and you can say, okay, here's I'm, I'm in the right gravity range, put your nutrients in, all that stuff. Then put in your Erlenmeyer flask and then boil it. Uh, you're not, you don't have to boil it for 60 minutes. You boil it for just a few minutes, enough for that steam to rise up through the, the vessel and everything and, and sanitize everything. And then that's it. It's I guarantee it's clean. Um, so all your measuring and all that can happen separately from that on the dirty side. Once you do that, it's clean. You let that thing cool down, and then uh, just toss your yeast in. And you, you shouldn't have any – I mean, it's – don't stick your fingers in the, the starter vessel. Um, that's about it. I mean, it's it's real simple and, and easy to uh, get good results. You know, the other thought I had was, you know, certain types of yeast um, will seem more acidic and more um, sour than others uh, when you make starters with them. So that's another factor that you know, it depends on the yeast. Um, but there you go. All right, uh, let's go ahead and knock out another question. All right. <clears throat> I want to start making canned wort for starters, but I would like to make it maybe double strength to reduce storage space and jars required. Is distilled water sanitary enough to be added to concentrated starter wort without boiling, or must it be boiled? Another question is... Uh, will wort saved from previous boils, not mash runoff, Work for a starter, considering that it is separated from the trub and reduced to approximately 1.040 prior to use. Will the alpha acids present present yeast issues? Understanding that an imperial stout-based starter work dumped into a Belgian Golden Strong will have an effect on said Bel- Belgian Golden Strong flavor. Right. So, um, yeah, you can use uh, work from your batch as starter work for another batch. Uh, highly hopped uh, worts, they're really not that much of a difficulty for most brewing yeasts because the brewing yeasts have, are adapted to hops. Um, it can have some impact if you were trying to grow up some funky uh, yeast from a bottle and it's you know half dead. I wouldn't throw it in some strong work, but if you're trying to grow up like oh a one, uh, you know, in um, I I I'd, I'd see no problem with that. You know, it'll it'll grow just fine. Um, the highly roasted grains in in wort um, may actually have more impact on a starter and the yeast growth than the hops will. Yeah, and then. Um, the other question was about distilled water. Distilled water is not sanitary. Um, you can, if you take a jug of distilled water from the store, put it out in the sun, you'll see, you know, a lot of times you'll see uh, algae form in it. Things like that <laughs> will turn green. Um, that doesn't mean all of them are dirty, but it means that you cannot count on them all being sanitary. And there are things that will survive in distilled water. Yeast will survive in distilled water. So you do need to heat that up. But, you know, if you heat it up to over 160 degrees, 161 Fahrenheit, um, it's sanitary for for brewing. Um, Let's see. What else? 
Yeah, so I guess the question was, can you make a strong starter wort and then dilute it um, down uh, day of? And so I thought about that. I was like, well, okay, so you could can some 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 water. Uh, the problem is then, you know, you're not helping yourself because he was trying to reduce the amount of jars and storage and all that. Um, how about doing this? Just boil some water, and then um, you could pour the, the the water into whatever container, and then you could chill the wort in the fridge, and then pour the the wort in the starter uh, in there and cool it down that using that method. So. If you yeah, that's chilled, a good idea. It, it, depending on how much water you're going to add and how much wort, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that might be one way to do it fairly quickly and avoid that storage need. Yeah. Any other ideas for him, John? Uh, no, I like that last idea. I mean, if, yeah, to make concentrated canned wort and then dilute it, say, by half mm-hmm. with uh, boiling hot water or, you know, or sanitized water. Uh, the day that you're going to brew, um, and letting that temperature come down. But you do want to be sure to to get that starter temperature bef- down to room temperature before you pitch your yeast. Well, and you could do uh, maybe wort ice cubes or something. I don't know how you'd do that um, in a convenient yeah. package. But uh, yeah, you make wort ice cubes, that would drop the temperature pretty quick. Yeah, but you got to keep them covered because there's dormant bacteria laying around in your freezer sure. as well. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see nothing wrong with that other than uh, figuring out the actual logistics. Um, same using beer as, as your, or your, your current batch as your next batch's starter. Mm-hmm. Um, good way of being efficient, I think. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with being efficient. Is that what you mean? No, no, no. I mean, it should should work, and you know, brew on, brew strong, <laughs> brew on, brew strong. All right, one of those things. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you one way to brew strong is to uh, sign up for the AHA, the American Homebrewers Association, because they do a lot of good things for homebrewers. They are kind of out there looking out for your rights and uh, producing a lot of uh, great materials that help uh, you brew better beer. Uh, for example, they've got uh, great books. And right now, if you sign up uh, for the AHA or if you renew your membership using uh, the link on the Brewing Network site, thebrewingnetwork.com slash, uh, I don't know, uh, thebrewingnetwork.com, there's a there's a uh, link there for the AHA. And you click on that. And when you do, and you use the offer code BNARMY17, BNARMY17, uh, you're going to get two free books with your, your new or renewed membership. You're going to get a copy of Brewing Local and a copy of For the Love of Hops, all for free just for signing up through the Brewing Network and using the offer code BNARMY17. 
All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more of your starter questions right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU, and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. 
All right, we're back. You know, John, one of the things that uh, I love about uh, the White Lambs Vault program is that, is uh, well, you know, you, you can go to uh, whitelabs.com slash the vault. And they list a bunch of unique and interesting things out of their thousands of yeast collection that you never really get any opportunity to have other than a program like this. You can yeah. uh, put in your pre-order, and uh, once they get 150 pre-orders, they'll ship it directly to your door. Now, if it doesn't hit 150, well, you're not out anything. But... Uh, it's really cool because it gives you an opportunity to get into these yeasts. And if you've got the ability to make starters, the cool thing is you could use a portion of this, grow up a the starter, make a beer. You can harvest some of that yeast. You can make other starters. You could keep this thing going indefinitely. So if it's a strain that you really love and you can't get it outside of the vault, um, you can have this, this strain all to yourself. And that's pretty cool. So check it out, uh, yeah. whitelabs.com slash the vault. I think it's uh, it's awesome that they make these uh, these rare and uh, sometimes never before seen strains available to, to the public this way. And as a pro brewer, you can get them too. You just uh, do a liter and a half uh, minimum, and uh, you're able to get those uh, cool yeasts that uh, they're constantly working to, to find new yeasts and to, to bring them out uh uh, based on what people are wanting. So, very cool. All right. Uh, one more question there. Pornographic Steven. All right. <clears throat> when using a calculator to determine a yeast pitch rate, and the results tell me I need to make a 5 or 6 or even a 9 liter starter, how do I approach that? I own a 1 liter and 2 liter Erlenmeyer flask along with a stir plate. I assume I need to step up my starters, but I just don't really know exactly what to do when the calculator says something like nine liters for a starter. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, use more yeast packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can start with more yeast packs, and then you have need less starter volume. Uh, you could brew a smaller beer first. Um you know, lower gravity um, or smaller volume. Uh, that's what I always used to do. Uh, I would, let's say, wanted to use WLP002, the English ale yeast. I would first make an ordinary bitter um, or a mild and then, uh, you know, low gravity. And then I would make, you know, maybe an English uh, pale ale and then maybe an English barley wine or something. I'd make multiple steps that way. I would just harvest the yeast from one batch to use in the next, and the next, and the next. And um, essentially what you're doing is kind of making a starter and growing that yeast up for for your next batch. So not everything has to go on a stir plate. Um, that's one way of doing it. Another way would be to make multiple uh, one-liter starter or two-liter starters and I think just, that's what he was kind of getting at. He only has a one liter and a two liter flask, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you could uh, make a, a two liter uh, decant this one where it's save the the yeast in a jar in the fridge, then make another starter and do that. Or um, you could step it up. You could make your two liter starter. At the end of the two liter starter, you have a, a 
fairly reasonably known amount of yeast. You let that settle out, decant that spent wort off, then you add more wort to it. And in your in your second step, you're going to change the number of packs that you're starting with from one to probably three or something like that. And your viability date to today. And then you go ahead and, and make your next starter. And you probably are looking at maybe like a two two liter or something at that point. So when you're trying to use an older pack of yeast to make a, a bigger beer, it's going to tell you you need something like a nine liter starter. But you don't necessarily have to do that. You just take it in steps. Yeah, that's better. Yep. Yeah, okie dokie. All right. Uh, one more question. All right. I have a question about yeast nutrient in starters. My procedure is this. I buy three pounds of DME. I repackage that in Ziploc sandwich bags in 175 gram, gram increments to avoid the problem of humidity in the open bag of DME. When I need starter work, Using 64-ounce ball jars, I dissolve one Ziploc bag in each ball jar with uh, 1,750 milliliters of water and a fourth teaspoon of yeast nutrient. Pressure can the ball jars and use it as needed. Here's the question. Does it matter if I add the quarter teaspoon to the DME when I put it in the Ziploc bags? A bit more detail, I use a 2-liter Erlenmeyer flask and a homemade stir plate. I found that about 1,700 milliliters fills the flask without taking it up too far up the neck, which would reduce surface area. If I overfill the ball jars, some wort foams out of the jars as I cook, so it doesn't pay to completely fill the jars anyway. My stir plate is in a small room, which gets some morning sun. It's not getting heated, but the light, will the light adversely affect the starter? Yeah, so... Um I see no problem with mixing the uh, nutrient in with the DME. Um, yeah, that's not a problem. I, I would think if you're trying to mix all your nutrient with all your DME and get a nice homogenous mix and then put it out into the bags, that may be a problem. But if you're measuring out the DME and then putting a quarter teaspoon in each bag, I think perfect. You don't even need to mix it up. Um, sounds like a great way to make it more efficient and easier on brew day. Sounds like a good idea to me. And then the other question was um, sunlight on the on the starter. Yep. Uh, the starter wort or the actual starter itself with the yeast in it? All it says is my stir plate is in a small room, which oh, gets some okay. morning sun. It's not getting heated, but will the light adversely affect the starter? So apparently the, the starter is on the stir plate. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, any UV radiation can affect... Uh, you know, uh, living things, um, any sort of, but you know, it's probably such a minor amount. I really wouldn't worry about it. Um, if it was a lot of direct sun, um, I'd say, yeah, move it. But if it's some it's a morning sun, morning too, light, so it's probably, yeah, it's probably no big deal, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, the reason I the reason I said keep the starter or keep your batch out of the sun in how to brew is I was trying to say don't let it overheat heat up yeah. in the sun yeah that would be um, much more dramatic effect yeah a little bit of UV radiation from the sun through the window it's probably not a problem at all yeah you'll uh, come out with a new strain of yeast 
Maybe yeah. you'll skunk your starter, but oh well. You know, I mean, that doesn't. Right, hurt. but if you're not using any hops, no skunking. Yeah. No problem. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Like we're saying, if it was you know, a huge amount of sun, yeah. And uh, John makes a, an excellent point about the, the heat. Worrying about the heat. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. uh, having that. All right, we need to take one more break. We are one break shy of a full break load. So we'll take one short break, and when we come back, we'll finish up with your questions right after this. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back i want to tell you about another one of our fine sponsors adamandeve.com they've got quite the selection of adult goodies toys fun things for the adult uh, people to uh, enjoy by themselves or with a friend. Uh, And you can find it all at adamandeve.com. The prices are reasonable. Their customer service is great. Uh, And right now, if you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com, you're going to get 50% off almost any one item. That's all you're going to pay. Because then they're going to give you three free DVDs, a free extra sensual gift, and free shipping on top of it. So all you got to do is pay the 50% off of the one item. And then you're getting all this stuff for free. And usually it's shipping and handling where all these free offers get you. But not this one. Not Adam and Eve. Good people. So use that offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com today. All right. Uh, I think we got one last question. And then we are, uh, are outie. 
Okay. So, if I brew on Sunday... Yes. Can Sunday. I take... It was Which Sunday? Sunday? This Sunday? Another yeah, Sunday. Yes, says if I brew on Sunday. So okay, it's okay, any okay. Sunday. Okay. A Sunday. All right. Can I We're take, brewing on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Right. Okay. Can I take a 1,000 milliliter pull off the first boil and use that as a starter? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for beers lately and pitching the next day at High Krausen. Do you guys see any mm-hmm. issues with this method as long as sanitation is practiced properly? Mm-hmm. Could it work better than a DME starter to build the yeast up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, you know... If you were talking about doing this on a Monday or even a Tuesday, I'd say you'd be fine. But Sunday, I'm not so sure. God's Day, I don't know. Right, God doesn't appreciate stealing stealing wort Mm. from the beer (laughs) that would be drinkable alcohol. Yeah. So Sunday, I don't know. What do you think, John? Sunday, you know, better than DME. I think that is the issue. You know, Monday, not oh. a problem. But on Sunday, okay. being better than a DME might be a problem. Right, right. Um, yeah, it depends. I think one of the earlier questions uh, from Travis was talking about taking starter or wort from the uh, from the batch and making sure to water it down to like ten forty. Um, I think that's an important aspect of it. If you're yeah. if you're going to make a starter, you don't want to use high gravity starter, a super low gravity starter. You want something that'll give you good growth, but not really uh, stress out the yeast. Um, yeah, I don't know that it's any better. Um, if you were brewing the same beer over and over and over again. Um, I could see some plausible benefit to the ratio of sugars and the nutrient profile, and you're using that same yeast over and over again. Then I could that same work, yeah, maybe, maybe. But generally, I think um, uh, you know it'd probably work out just about the same. I don't think there'd be a huge advantage one way or another. I would make sure that you've added uh, nutrients to your uh, to your starter word if you're going to take that leader off. Make sure that it's got the proper nutrients. A lot of times, where it's deficient in zinc, um, you know, and uh, like one of the earlier uh, questions, he was saying, "Hey, I got my DME. I add my my nutrient to it. I think that's uh, you know a wise yeah. move." Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you're providing the proper conditions of uh, you know, sugars for them to consume, and um, you know all the appropriate nutrients that they need uh, for growth and to make their membranes pliable, the the air that they need. Um, I think you know you could use just about any uh, malt based uh, uh, material. Um, you don't want to use uh, simple sugars because right. uh, then the yeast stop making. Uh, the enzyme to uh, uh, break down maltose, uh, so that can be a problem. Um, what else do you see in there, John? Uh, that was the main point. I mean, it, in terms of pulling, uh, you know, a liter of wort off of a boil to to use for a starter. Um, Generally, that's going to be fine, um, especially if it's a it's a low adjunct wort, and it's on um, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, 
I was I was trying to come up with a wimpy burger reference and I couldn't. So um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Do sounds a good plan. Yeah, there you go. There's your answer. Uh, thanks for the questions. Uh, if you have questions, uh, go ahead and uh, send them in to Bruce Strong at thebringnetwork.com, and we will eventually get to those questions. We uh, uh, we got a backlog of them, but we like to uh, kind of group them into subjects. So uh, yeah. uh, don't don't be afraid to send your questions in. If you've got the question, somebody else has the question too. It's not like uh, you're asking a question that nobody wants to know the answer to. Um, so send them in, and make sure to uh, support our sponsors like uh, Blickman Engineering at BlickmanEngineering.com. You can send an email to John Blickman. I guarantee you will see. Be sent to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. He'll see that email, and he will appreciate that you took the time out of your day to re- tell him how much you appreciate that uh, they sponsor the show for you so you can get it for free. So, uh... Uh, make sure you do that. And then um, you can check out the store, thebringnetwork.com slash store. There's all sorts of goodies in there. Everything's right. on sale right now. Um, check out Adam and Eve. Get yourself a nice giant dildo. Um, use off Coach Mel J.A.L.I. Right? Yeah. Right. Bebo says yes. All right. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone. <laughs>